and welcome to our Let's Talk Leadership podcast. Hi, Martin. How are you? Good, good. Hi, Sandra. How are you doing? Good. Yes, I'm very good. Thank you. Apologies. We've had a few technical issues this morning, but we got there in the end. Um, so we've um, we've spoken a few times recently, and obviously you've you've been. This is the second time you're appearing on our podcast. So lucky you. Yeah. There's only a very small number of our podcast guests that have appeared twice. Yeah, I, I'm honoured. So thank you. <laughs> Good, fantastic. So we um, we had a chat, didn't we? Uh, probably a couple of months ago now, and. Um, we were just talking about your background and how you'd um, moved on and you're doing some really interesting stuff um, at the minute at um, Curve Tech AI. Um, and um, we just thought it'd be really interesting and, and valuable because a lot of these podcasts are about sharing value, um, adding value to the community and providing inspiration. Um, so we just thought it'd be really good to kind of recap really of what, how things have progressed for you in the last sort of three years um where you are right now what you're doing what you've learned since then um you know and how you've learned from those you know any challenges you've experienced and how you've you've learned from those as well so before we do it's probably good to i know we've done this once before so i guess maybe just a couple of minutes just a really quick overview and and just do an introduction to yourself um just to set the the scene and give a bit of context to the listeners really so yeah i've been um, I've been working in the high-tech uh, industry for over 20 years um, and in various roles, uh, but most of my career was around product management. Uh, even before I knew it was called product management, I did product management either um, as part-time covering some stuff within my roles or, um, or as an entrepreneur. Uh, when I started my own startups, my own ventures, I, I, I was drawn automatically to that person that understands this triangle of business, users, mm. uh, and, and technology. And, and because of that, I, I was the one that usually defined how things should be, how they should look, how should they behave, how should they be priced, you know, all these kind of things. And um, so that's what I've been doing most of my career. And, and when I found that this is what I do, and, and it, it became my, my why kind of thing, and this is now uh, not only my profession, but something I advocate for. I, I teach product management, I mentor uh, product manager, I help, I help uh, uh, young startups and ventures, mainly in that stage from zero to one kind of thing, when the, you don't have the users, you don't have the data uh, to analyze and find that more, that elusive market fit, which I'm probably going to talk a lot about. Um, so in just before COVID, I joined a company called Fornova, and this is, I think, uh, when the last time we spoke where I was yeah. working at, uh, which is a mm-hmm. company in the travel industry, travel tech uh, industry, and, and, and the COVID hit us hard. You know, all our customers were closed uh, when, when we thought it would be for just a three months kind of thing and it will recover. It, it took longer. It took, uh, at least a couple of years, but nonetheless, I managed to turn the company from one product, uh, to a seven product company within those three years and grow the team from one product manager to eight, uh, product managers. And so, so that was, uh, quite satisfying, 
and then uh, the company took a bit of a shift uh, to to do a different thing. So I I decided that this was a good time for me to to move on, and I joined the uh, CurveTech AI, which at the time uh, about a year and a few months ago uh, when I joined, uh, they've developed a a technology of predictive analytics using, of course, uh, machine learning and AI. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the interesting stuff is that they were conducting a lot of proof of concepts uh, in different industries and they were all successful. So we're, they were pretty in love with their technology they've built. But uh, as a product manager and uh, looking for product fit, uh, what you should be really uh, in love with is the problem and not the solution. And, and that's when we decided to, to focus on one problem and one problem only, which is uh, retention uh, in, in contact centers. So retention of employees in contact centers. So in, in most of contact centers around the world, there is a big attrition problem. So I, I, I know contact centers of thousands of agents with over 100% of attrition per year. That means that turnover is they replace the whole workforce at least once a year. Yeah. And that's pretty uh, pretty significant, hurting not only the bottom line, but also the end customer's experience. And this is where we come in by predicting which agents uh, are about to, uh, yeah, and to it's resign. So in- and, uh, it's really interesting isn't it and that's I think that's why when we spoke I was just like oh my god that is so interesting and I'd love whilst it's in the contact it's specific in the contact centre industry um, I thought it was really useful to talk about that, that on this podcast and share with the community um, because attrition is you know is it's it's a consistent headache for everyone isn't it all businesses and, exactly. and it's a tough one tough one to get right so be really interesting it's really interesting to understand how ai can have a healthy significant positive impact on attrition so um we can obviously we can talk about more more um more on that throughout this podcast um fantastic so 2023 um it's been a challenging year um I'm hiding all my grey hairs that I've got from uh, 2023 um, at the minute with my, uh, yeah, with my uh, big hair. But um, it's been challenging for many people, for many businesses um, and as us leaders as well, it's been really challenging. Um, you know, we've, you've, you've obviously you've been in the industry for a long time, um, but no one predicted covid you know no one predicted then another you know for the market to be really good for a a short period of time and then this you know current economic climate this year has just been really really tough and i you know from my perspective i i've been in my industry for 21 years so i've gone through a number of recessions this has to be the toughest one um i've experienced in that time um so i'd be really interested and i'm sure our listeners would be really interested to understand as a leader, what's the biggest challenge you faced um, this year and how have you overcome that challenge? So I think, uh, first of all, in uh, I'll tell a bit of a story about Fornova. When just before lockdown, the first lockdown in March 2020, um, mm-hmm. we went on a week to try how it would be work from home. 
So everybody took their laptops and docking stations and screens and whoever needed a, um, a chair or a desk could, could borrow that from the office. And from that experiment, we never came back. So it began with working from home and then visiting the, the, the office maybe once in two weeks, which to eventually closing the office totally. So Fornova is now remote only. And what was really, uh, I think, uh, a problem is that in the beginning of COVID, working from home, all KPIs went up. So people were working harder and were more effective if, uh, in the beginning. So people said, oh, working from home is great. You know, uh, why should we pay rent for offices and, and you know, and all that? And, and, and the refreshments in the cafeteria and all that. No, it works great from home, you know. But I think what was missing is that if you all know each other, you already have that kind of relationship and, and yeah. you know, that culture, company culture, and then move from wo to work from home. That's great because when you wake up in the morning, instead of traveling an hour to the office, you just start working, you know, you don't sit and watch TV for that hour instead of traveling, of, of commuting. You, so you just start working. So, yes, definitely pro uh, productivity went up. But what happened is that when people start uh, uh, changing in the, in, the, in, the, in the companies, in the organization, getting someone new onboarded to the company and moreover to the culture of the company, making those bonds between the employees, between the team was impossible to do remotely. So that's, that's, so the new normal is not working from home is really having flexibility. So you can see now more and more companies, especially in Israel, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in, in Israel, companies are demanding people to start coming back to work from the office more and more and and what's the norm in israel then at the minute like how many days a week are they trying to so i i've seen companies that said uh, you need to work four days a week from from the office and if you don't uh, here's the door and and it's a it's an employer's market at the moment in israel so there are a lot of uh i wouldn't say unemployment but there are more you know job seekers than than actually positions um uh, so 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 yes yeah, so this is the in, in in our company we're working we mandatory two days from the office uh i i the management works another day from the office for management meetings and stuff like that but but yeah so this is this is uh, becoming uh, the new norm and and i and i think that what has changed and will never go back is that if before when you had, a, let's say, an issue with a, key, a sick kid at home or something like that, and you needed to stay home, you needed to ask for permission. You know, you would call your boss and say, can I work from home today because I don't have an arrangement for my kid or whatever. Now, you just let him know by sending him an email, you know, and or a, or a WhatsApp message you're saying, you know, I'm staying home today. That's it. You know, you don't, you don't even ask for it. So this is kind of the new norm. But... Uh, I, I, I see that people are, uh, are asking or companies are asking to come back. So I think that was the biggest challenge 
coming coming out from COVID. Um, for me, as a as a leader in the company, a product lead in the company, I would say finding that market fit, uh, finding that one problem that a market has that we have a solution for, and they will will willing to pay for it. That that's what market fit means. Because before I came, um, there were a lot of problems that technology was trying to solve. For example sales prediction, inventory prediction, lead scoring, matching a, a cannabis uh, um, medicine to a, to an illness or something like that. So all these kind of tries, the MVPs, if you like, of proof of concepts were very successful, but there was not that market fit, which means the market is really, really uh, uh, hungry for that solution and is willing to pay. And and through a lot of research and uh, and asking people and and reading stuff, that's how I we found that uh, problem of attrition, um, that is for years being trying. You know, people are trying to solve it, but uh, not very successful. And hopefully, our our tool will be able to help with that. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Brilliant. I think just on that point, before we move on to the next question, I recently actually had someone on my podcast and we talked a lot about the impact of um, remote working versus hybrid versus the old way pre-COVID and the impact on productivity levels. And Microsoft recently produced a survey report this year. um, And interestingly, it said that um, remote um, those the, the businesses that have fully remote um, working pr- produce the um, highest impact on uh, sorry lowest impact on productivity. Um, so it was quite interesting. Um, and I a lot of the conversations I've been having more and more recently is around um, hybrid or predominantly remote working. It's impacting collaboration and innovation. Um, as well, which brings me nicely onto the next question, um, because I wanted to talk a bit more about innovation. And I know you're really passionate about innovation, particularly, um, you know, Curve Tech and, and, you know, the innovation that you're doing um, with the product at Curve Tech. So in your role currently, um, obviously, innovation is really important coming from a product background as well. How how do you, you know, how does your team um, how do you build your team um, and and a culture within and create that culture within that team so that it does breed innovation? So so definitely, I totally agree. All studies show that uh, one of the things that are, are hurt by working from home or working remotely is innovation and and, and creative thinking. And uh, and these happenings, these kind of bond and these uh, um, you know uh, uh, these these ideas come from collaboration and from thinking together and from sitting in the same room and discussing and arguing and and you know kind of uh, uh, around the problem, trying to solve it, and it doesn't happen, you know. Uh, on the contrary, that most people think that they, they have these aha moments coming, you know, when they're in the bathroom or something. 
it doesn't, okay? Most of, of the creative ideas come by collaboration, by getting few minds together in a room and, and start thinking. And there are even some processes how this could be um, accelerated or even uh, made more in a methodic way. But I think one of the key things in order to do that is, is getting that communication, getting that bond, that trust, and the um, and, and culture that accepts mistakes, accepts trials and error. And working in an agile mode, sometimes a company is confused that agile means that you work in sprints, in development sprints, right? In, in two weeks uh, cycles. No, that's not agile. Agile starts in the product design, in the way that understanding that you don't know what you don't know. And in order to find a solution, you need just to try and accepting that most of the things you don't, you won't, uh, you, you will develop won't hit, won't have a market fit. And that's fine because only from those you learn. And so that means that you as an organization need to encourage uh, uh, innovation by letting people fail. You know, a success comes after a lot of failures and that's fine. That's just part of it. And when you plan your budget, when you're planning your workforce, you plan your roadmap, you need to plan for these failures within it. It's not gonna be uh, the first uh, uh, iteration, it's gonna hit the market and everybody says, oh yeah, we, we, we've been waiting for this product, you know? So understanding that also it's important as a leader um, um, not to go into a meeting when you want people to collaborate and bring up ideas and to speak first you need to speak last, okay? Uh, because once you go in and you say, hey, this is the problem, this is what I think I should, we should do, what's your thoughts about it? It's too late, okay? People already, and Simon Sinek speaks about it a lot, right? And, and he, he says, you know, you need to learn how to speak last. You know, you'll have your chance. No worry, don't worry, you will have your chance definitely as a, as a leader, as a manager, to say what you think about the issue, but let everybody speak so they feel that they've been heard, that they've been, that they have what what they what they had uh, on their chest. They can let it go and you know load it off. Well, if you think about it, it makes sense that doesn't it? But I think sometimes for some leaders, it's a natural default to just go first and speak first. Um, to sign it, kind of open up the conversation and the discussions. But you're right, um, you know, and it's a really good point that. Um, because the other thing is that you can quite end up doing is you can quite end up the conversation could go in a completely different direction because you've had your say your you've put your you know you've potentially to an extent influenced um, and put your views and opinions forward before anyone else has the opportunity to speak yeah. and then there may be things that it's not really allowing for a true innovative um, environment then really is it especially especially when your leadership usually comes alongside with your authority. So not every person in authority has, has leadership skills and vice versa. But once you have also authority, then people are naturally afraid of you. You know, they're, 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 they will try to, to uh, 
uh, that you will like what they're thinking. You know, they'll try to say what they think you want to hear and things. This is natural, okay? This is human beings. So, so I think that learning to to speak last and measuring progress and not necessarily KPIs. Okay, at the end of the day, we all like these KPIs and and having goals, measurable goals, which is fine. It's totally, um, it's totally okay to have them in order to measure progress. Are you on the right path? Are you progressing as you want it to be? But meeting a goal uh, at the end of the year is just arbitrary. I mean. Who who made who said that this should be their exact number, right? And the right and the exact time. So this is an arbitrary number that uh, that you know management says, but this is not what's important. And if you want to encourage innovation, you you should be willing to accept that you're not going to meet exact goal on the exact time that you predicted. But it's more important to make sure that you're growing steadily. Um. So yeah. So that's a you know and and of course open communication, open trust, bonding between the team. You know that's that's what uh, creates innovation. By the way, technology innovation usually doesn't come from product the product team. It usually comes from the technology, from the developers. So when they come with ideas, I truly encourage them to speak up, to tell me everything they think of. We even have a a special channel on slack where everybody in the company is invited and can they can share and and throw any idea craziest as it might be about what the next feature should be what should we do what should we tackle you know yeah fantastic um Brilliant. There's um, there's a, a number of um you know sort of the big big players have introduced those um uh referral schemes and things haven't they where if um oh gosh, I can't remember who it was actually that there was an example that I think um an employee at it was one of your Microsoft or Google's or you know had had come up with an idea that meant um that or was it one of the banks? I think it was one of the banks, something to do with a checkbook and they reduced the size of the checkbook, which meant that they'd reduce the ink usage and the paper and it had saved the business something like one point something million a year and that was just that was just an employee somewhere in the business you know a a multi-billion dollar business somewhere in that business an employee had come up with an idea um and then they got a in in return they get like a percentage of the saving um, you know, and I just thought, do you know what that obviously that's on a huge big scale. And I thought that's a really, really good idea, actually. You know, if you put, implement something like that again to promote that open communication of, you know, and, that, and that's one thing that I'm try, quite heavily trying to work on here at Transition Partners as well is is there's lots to change there's lots of new, exciting things coming up for us. And, um, you know, but trying to sort of encourage the people in the business to shape, help shape um, that, and um, you know, kind of like you say, is trying to. It's it's a really difficult and fine balance with that um, authority piece, but just trying to be conscious of the authority that I bring with whenever I try and engage and open up these conversations. Um, but it's yes, yeah, really, really interesting um, points there. Um, so. 
while innovating, um, I think it's also interesting to talk about how do we ensure that while we are in a, innovating and while we're encouraging our people um, to have a voice um, and um, to understand that that voice, you know, that they are listened to and that they are heard, how do we ensure that the teams also aligned with the company's overall vision and strategy? Um, it'll be really good to talk about that next and understand sure. What, what's worked well and what hasn't worked well for you from that point of view? So, yeah, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in transparency. So I'm like, you know, I don't know if you heard about Monday.com, uh, for example. Yeah. They are, they are extremist uh, transparent. I mean, they, they have on these big TVs uh, uh, everywhere in the office, everything out there, you know, like they... Um, investors deck okay uh, is shared to every employee right okay and so that kind of mm-hmm. level of transparency mm-hmm. so uh, I haven't reached that level yet <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but what I do believe is that you know everybody should be aligned from the strategy and you should have a very clear at any organization because um because without it, it's not only that you need to understand what to do, but mainly what not to do. Okay. So most, in, I think the most uh, challenging thing, especially as a product manager, having a, a backlog, a list of all the features and all the things I want to add on to the to the product, is not what's going in. It's what not. It's not going in because at the end of the day, I have limited resources. Right. So so uh, uh, so we do all hands where we present the vision, we present w- how the product will look like or what's our vision for the product in the next year. Uh, and then we do quarterly checkups. So we, we show how much we progress in the last quarter. We're going in that direction. Has something changed in the meantime? We learn something new from the customers. Uh, so we we do that, uh, the, this kind of all hands, uh, at least once a month where we um, show new features. We show uh, something new that we learned from customers. Uh, and now I'm planning taking all the company to a contact center for a day to be uh, trained as an agent. So I want them to feel, the, to, to develop that empathy for that user who's gonna use the product at the end of the day. Why, you know, when they're looking at a piece of data in their database, where did it came from? What, what did that agent click on his, uh, uh, on his uh, dashboard in order to create that piece of information? So that's that's crucial, and I think uh, that aligns everybody uh, from you know the last employee, of course, to them to the CEO. Yeah, fantastic, brilliant, fantastic. So if um, anyone would like to reach out to you, um, I know we asked you this last time. I think LinkedIn's usually the best sort of place to approach you, isn't it? Um, I think there's obviously a number of interesting things that you've been doing um, more recently. Um, particularly the, um, you know, the, the help that you're advising um, in the STEM area and, um, you know, sort of helping to promote those um, 
underprivileged sort of grassroots talent um through um the a similar route to to yourself um which is fantastic so if there's any if anyone's interested in reaching out to you for some advice or um you know just to chat are you open to that sure of course uh, you can either reach me uh, through linkedin or through my website martinsabag.com uh, m-a-r-t-i-n-s-a-b-a-g.com and Fantastic. and yeah you can you just reach me out and i'll be glad to help yeah brilliant fantastic well thanks very much for coming on the podcast again and um, really interesting um really um yeah you've given me a bit of uh, th- some food for thought as well and just that reinforcement and that's what i find that these things do you know we're not i guess we're not talking about things that you know it's not rocket scientists or anything is it but it, it's just having that constant re enforcement but also hearing real life situations and examples are really helpful and useful so really really appreciate your time today and really appreciate you sharing as much as you possibly can in a real authentic way um as well so thank you very much and i hope you um have a good end uh, sorry a good rest of the week as well because we're just on monday aren't we at the minute (laughs) (laughs) that's right thank you sandra for having me and uh, anytime no problems all right thank you take care thank you bye-bye